I'd like to move into a, a talk about acceptance, love, and compassion in meditation. And, and this, this does apply to our meditation practice. It also applies to our practice in everyday life. You know, meditation is, uh, it's not something that's an end in itself. It's, it's of course, it's something that we do uh, to develop, uh, to, to mature and, and become more free and more able to love and, and, uh, and engage with our, more authentic, authentically and, and with our whole being in, in our lives. One of the ways I think about meditation is that um, in meditation we, we learn to, to take our seat within our own being, that we, we come home to ourselves. We're, we're moving from a stance of being outside ourselves, looking at ourselves, to actually dwelling at home within our own being within our own heart. We, we have this, I began to, ne- to notice as I was, um, you know, as my practice developed, uh, that a lot of the time, in terms of where my attention was, it wasn't resting within, it wasn't resting in the body, it wasn't resting in my heart, it wasn't resting within my own being. Uh, my attention was actually kind of looking at myself um, and with expectation or judgment or um, with uh, kind of the, uh, the gaze of an other, looking at myself and, and kind of, you know, with the implicit... Um, question, you know, am I measuring up? Am I, um, am I uh, fulfilling expectations? And there's always this sense of anxiety, you know. Uh, somebody talked about, you know, the, this idea of self that we have, that we construct, that, you know, who we are, who we think we are, the person that we want to be, the person that we want to be recognized as, the person that we want to present ourselves as, and um, and then and then when we have this construction that we're presenting, that we want everybody to believe that we are, whether it's you know the kind person or the funny person or the uh, uh, the person who is always you know the leader or um, or maybe quiet person, doesn't really want to be noticed. We all have these constructions that, that we, we create. And, they, and they're created out of, our, out of our upbringing, out of our social conditioning, out of you know, our education, our relationship, our experience. So our, our lives you know, shape us, right? And then, and then we have an idea of who we are, and and then we want to maintain that 
a lot of the time. So, you know, I'm, I'm, and I'm speaking in general terms. So, so these are kind of broad strokes, and each one of us has different ways of moving in and out of this reality. But I'm kind of making um, a, a, a contrast, you know, in which we are kind of stranded outside ourselves and, and always feeling insecure about whether we're, we're really the person that we're trying to present ourselves as. And, and, and a way of coming home and being present in ourselves, um, which develops in our practice. <clears throat> so, um, so it, it's, you know, and it's a process. And, and I think that, first of all, in, in meditation practice, we, we learn to come home in the body. And that's why in mindfulness practice, you know, it's, it's emphasized so much that we, we come to our senses so that we, you know, there's, there's a lot of emphasis on, on, you know, just being aware of our senses, hearing, hearing mindfully, you know, which is hearing, listening, opening to sound without, um, you know, kind of, boxing it in in a perception, you know, a labeling it. So we might, if we're in, when we're listening mindfully, we might hear the sounds of traffic coming and going. We might hear the sounds of, of children playing in a, in a whole new way, you know. So, so coming to our senses with mindfulness is about allowing ourselves to be present to our sen- sensory experience with a kind of freshness, you know, uh, uh, being present in this moment uh, to the sound, to the sensation. Um, you've probably, if you've heard about mindfulness, I'm, you know, I'm kind of assuming that it's kind of culturally filt- filtered through uh, a lot these days. But there's talk about eating mindfully. So eating mindfully um, is, you know, being present to uh, visually you know, the, through the, the, the sense of smell and through the sense of taste to the whole experience of eating and, and being attentive to, to the body, um, how, it, how the body's feeling when we're eating. And when we're eating mindfully, we tend not to, to stuff ourselves, to overeat, because we're tuning into the body and we're, we're feeling, how, you know, what is it like? to take in this food, and, and how is my body, how are the sensations in my body um, changing as, you know, as I'm filling my stomach and, and I'm, you know, becoming, going from feeling hungry to feeling fed and nourished. So, so coming home to the body uh, is, is a very um, important way in which we begin to come home to ourselves. Um, coming, coming hope to the breath, you know, as I described in in the meditation, to to think of the practice of um, of feeling the breath and focusing our attention on the breath as a way of letting the mind rest in the breath. When I 
when I first started meditating, or not my very beginning practice, but soon after, I was uh, I was learning in in a Zen tradition, and uh, and there are many different kinds of Zen and many tif- different teachers. Um, but the um, the person who was uh, teaching me at the time um, was really it was a it was a kind of an emphasis on concentration, you know, to concentrate the mind on the breath, you know, and and uh, uh, and so there was, it was like, it was another thing that I needed to achieve <laughs> and to get perfect. And, um, and I was, uh, and so it was um, a kind of a, I felt it as a kind of, um, you know, like the stick and the, it was, it was, uh, it was a you know really pushing myself, and and I have to say that Zen is not always taught this way, and the person who taught me really, you know, probably shouldn't have been teaching, but um, <laughs> he wasn't really mandated to teach. I'll, I'll just say that he hadn't been mandated by his teacher to teach. Um, it was the seventies. What can I say? Uh, and uh, and so, but it, it, what I did in my own mind was, you know, it that that the the focus on the breath became this pushing away thought, pushing away thought, you know, and uh, it, so it was really done in with a spirit of unkindness toward myself. You know, I didn't I didn't really um, experience this quality of of coming home and resting and being present in myself in those beginning practices and in fact you know it it became a practice in which there's an expression called spiritual bypassing in which you know we can develop uh, a kind of um a lot of clarity and a lot of a, you know concentration and you know we feel like oh yeah you know my mind is very clear and you know, there are no thoughts, um, but we're totally out of touch with ourselves and with you know what's happening in our you know emo- on an emotional level, and and what are the things, what are the old habits and and uh, and 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 hurts and wounds that we're carrying, and really um, our meditation practice uh, needs to be. If we're going to be free, if we're going to become more free and authentic in our capacity to love and to connect in our lives and to be who we truly are, um, it needs to be uh, an opening to, an accepting of, and a and a releasing, a gradual releasing of um, all of that that woundedness. It's there's a healing that happens in meditation. Um, and an integration, which happens in in an authentic practice. So, so, so what I had begun doing was a kind of a spiritual bypassing, and and this um, and bringing this the quality of love and and kindness and openness into our practice um, is is the way not to fall into that that pitfall. So, so breathing, coming home to our breath, coming home to our body, um, 
coming home to feeling sensations, opening to sensations which are pleasant, which are unpleasant, which are neutral. You know, a lot of our sensations are neutral. When we, when we begin to, to just be present in the body, we notice, well, there are some that are pleasant, you know, so maybe, uh, you know, feeling, uh, feeling rested after a nap or, um, or eating something pleasant or um, uh, there's some that are unpleasant, like feeling extremely hungry or thirsty or tired. And, but a lot of the times what we're feeling is neutral, right? So, and we're not really even noticing that. So, um, so bringing attention to just what are the, what's the flow of sensation that we're not noticing in the body, which is not particularly painful or not particularly, you know, pleasant. So, um, so our body becomes our home, our home base, and we learn to be present in the body. And, um, and so in this way, first of all, I mean, in so many ways, the body is our ally in practice. Our, the body is a, is a great friend, a true friend in our practice. Uh, and, um, and, and, and first of all, in this way, by being a home, a place to rest, a place to come home to. So, you know, our minds get caught up in stories. Our minds get caught up in stories of the past, of what happened to me, and, and what was done to me, and what was, um, what was, you know, what, what didn't, what I didn't have as a child, and what was, you know, what I was, I was deprived of. All of these stories that we, and we are, you know, we create a sense of self, you know, which is not sufficient, which is lacking, which is, you know, or which needs to be perfected, you know, which in the future will, you know, will be perfect, perfect body, a perfect mind, however we conceive that. And all of that takes us away from being at home in ourselves, being at home in our heart, being at home in who we are. So, um, so by learning to rest in the body, it's a way of letting go of the constant stories, the stories about what I have to be, the stories about what I'm not, what I'm not enough of, or what, what happened to me. So, so I'm not saying that if there are, you know, if there are things that happened in the past that they, that it's, it's not important to come to some kind of resolution about that and forgiveness and, 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 um, you know, maybe it's a time of grieving a loss and, uh, and then being able to move through that to more freedom. So, so I'm not saying that that's not important. Um, we can do that in the body. Like we can be present with grief in the body. We can be present with fear in the body. We can be present with, um, with wanting in the body. And know what is that? You know, we can bring our, our curious 
mindful investigation to understanding what that is in the body. And it's very direct. It's a way of becoming intimate with all of those experiences in a very direct, immediate way, which is not connected to a story, which the story never ends. The story is never resolved. The story is never completed. So stories have their place. It's okay to have a story. The thing about stories is that we have to know that they're not true. They're only a little picture. They're only a little snapshot. They're only what we picked up on at the moment, what we experienced, how we interpreted it. When we can learn to be at home in the body, we can be at home in this moment uh, and be present within ourselves in this moment. And so in this way, uh, our body becomes, uh, is our great ally, our, our friend in practice. So in this practice of tranquility, this, this feeling the breath, coming home to the breath, we simply reconnect with the breath whenever the mind or emotional states draw our attention away. And so... So we're giving the mind a rest, and the breath is simple. The breath is present. The breath is is soft, and we can rest in it. And, 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 And the mind may feel exhausted. You know, so, so we can just invite the mind to come home and rest without zoning out, without you know, becoming kind of uh, torpid, slothful, dull, uh, but but just resting, awake, aware, refreshed, wholesome. So it's not rejecting any manifestation of the mind, but it's inviting the mind to to just. Again, refresh. And, and, and to, to do this, this simple act of, of allowing the mind to come home and rest in the breath is an act of kindness to ourselves. And it, it's an act of kindness to, uh, to the world. Because in, in training the mind to do that, in inviting the mind to do that, in, in teaching the mind that it can always do that in any moment, rather than getting caught into the trigger pattern reactivity, that it can just take a moment and rest. We're creating that space, that space to choose, that space not to react, that space for an alternative, And it, it also, it gives us the opportunity to release the drivenness of the mind. 
and to release that energetic holding in the heart that that we do that holds on to these patterns so we're holding on out of fear we're holding on to these patterns out of fear because we want to even if it's even if it's something painful we want to know what we are we want to we want to have some idea even if even if we're holding on to a sense of being not good enough or victim you know we, it that feels safer than not knowing who we are um and so so gradually in meditation we become familiar with a space a space of silence a space of openness a space of um presence and we and we discover that as we let go and as we notice that you know whatever and 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 i just want to point out that i'm i'm kind of i've i've moved now from talking about a a tranquility practice to talking about the insight practice vipassana practice the insight is is into seeing the nature of our experience seeing that it it moves through us seeing that it it comes from different causes and conditions it's not who we are and seeing also that holding on to these patterns is painful you know and 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 the transition between the tranquility or it's called samatha practice in pali and the vipassana practice is is one that's very organic and natural it's gradual it happens as the mind becomes steady more stable and able to rest in the breath we begin to see these patterns we begin to see as somebody said the judging mind you know the critical mind the fearful mind the wanting mind you know and these these so these things come up there's a teacher in um in the thai forest tradition uh ajahn cha who talked about it's like sitting by a still forest pond and if you sit very quietly and you don't move very quietly the animals start to come out of the woods you know and first maybe you know some of the bolder ones come out you know the more maybe the more aggressive ones then the more timid ones and then then the magical ones may come out <laughs> and so so we begin to see everything that emerges in the mind as we sit in stillness and quiet and so so we begin to see these things and and we we open to them we instead of getting caught up in the reactivity when there's this stability of mindfulness we can be present with them uh, and we can see how they come and they go so for me you know a very a very powerful pattern that i encountered at you know pretty early on in my practice was jealousy 
You know, there was this this pattern that came from all kinds of conditioning factors, you know, that you know, other people had more better than me and I was left out and and all of this. And so jealousy and 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 it was a, at at one point, you know, there was this moment at one point when I just saw it. And it you know, and I and I saw, oh my God, that's so much suffering. You know, I was able to have enough space to see it rather than being driven by it and totally identified with it, you know, like really thinking, yeah, that's not fair, I should have that, and da-da-da-da-da-da. It's like, oh, look what the mind is doing. Jealousy. And, uh, and so naming it is, can be helpful, but we don't want to just name it and then let it go. It's, we recognize it, but then we also open to it and we accept it and we see it and then we we ask ourselves what is this what is this pattern jealousy grasping wanting judgment anger and we feel it how it it moves in the body there's an energy to jealousy it's it's kind of both grasping and anger at the same time. And there's an energy to anger. It feels like, to me, it feels like a fire. And there's an energy to wanting. It's like, oh, this kind of wanting, reaching out, out, wanting something, feeling not enough, like I need something. And, uh, and so all of these different forces have their own energy and we become intimate with them we come to know them in our inner space and we realize that when they move through us and they leave an openness that that openness is not empty it's not a kind of vacuity I mean, it may be empty in the Buddhist sense of emptiness, which is an aliveness, an openness, a spaciousness, an indefinability. But in that openness, there is presence. There is presence. There, we inhabit that, not as, a, a, not as an ego, not as an individual, but there's an inhabiting of that space with the knowing quality. And and realizing that more and more gradually we can be present. We, We come to be at home in ourselves. So as we, as we notice, as we become more able to notice these thoughts, these painful thoughts, emotions coming up, manifesting, you know, when we stop slamming the door on them, you stop sniping at them and we begin to let them in and, and we, we know that we can be with it, we have the capacity, the courage, the compassion to be with each of these 
patterns of mind. We, we're opening to the shadow. We're opening to our shadow. You know, each of us has a shadow. And, um, and, and so, you know, most, for most people, our shadow is, I'm a nice person, and so I'm not that judgmental person. So the judgment is the shadow. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a kind person, I'm not that cruel person. The cruelty, the ill will is the shadow. For some people, brought up in different conditions, you know, it could be, I'm a tough person, I'm a mean person, you know, uh, and the love, the tenderness, the gentleness can be the shadow that, they, that we don't want to show, that we're afraid to show, that we're afraid to open to. So our shadow is that which we have put the lid on. And so it doesn't mean that as we open to our shadow, we start you know, getting angry at people and expressing anger and, and, and acting out all our desires. Um, there's a discernment that happens and it's part of our ethical training, which is intrinsic to, uh, to Buddhist training. Um, and we discern what's skillful and what's not skillful. What's skillful leads to happiness for ourselves and others. What's skillful uh, is, comes out of kindness and love and, and is a manifestation of kindness and love. What's un- unskillful it leads to more sense of separation and resentment and feeling, and feeling you know, i got to look out for number one and, uh, and feeling threatened by others. So, so that, um, that uh, in that space of opening to everything that comes up through, through our being, you know, it doesn't mean that we're acting it all out but we are receiving it and and as we receive it in a kind of mysterious way it opens us to the universal nature of all of those expressions of the mind so it's not just my jealousy you know i begin to understand that this is a human experience Uh, i can i can be compassionate for myself and for others it's not just my anger. Anger is has a certain. It's a human expression, and um, uh, uh, and it's an energy. Um, it's not just my wanting, and so on. Suffering is suffering. Anger, hatred, jealousy. These are human experience, and so when I receive them in a space of compassion in myself, I'm, I become more able to receive them compassionately with others rather than reacting and building more walls and blaming and judging and pushing away because I don't want to see those reactivities. What we are at peace with within ourselves, we can so much more easily receive in our relationships with others. So 
as we were less flooded with reactivity, less less hooked by habitual behaviors, a space opens. And and as I mentioned before, what is the nature of that space? It's open, it's boundless, it's aware. It's space to simply be, not necessarily to be something, but to simply be. To be in awareness, to be in love. In love, not necessarily in love with someone, but to inhabit that space of love. So the openness, that space of openness that we discover is a space of connection. And uh, so what is that connection if not love? It's space for the whole world to arise within our being, within that openness. And as we can receive ourselves as an unfolding mystery, not as a solid thing, not as a as a fixed thing, a defined thing, but as an unfolding mystery, we're, we're beyond any definition. Now, as we can receive ourselves in that, in, the, in that spirit of curiosity and, and openness to who we are becoming in this moment, in this moment. And, and we, we can begin to also realize that others are becoming in the same way. We don't know who we are. We don't know who we are. And, um, and we, we really can't know who we are. And trying to define ourselves and create a solid defined self is, is a project in suffering. So to have the compassion of an open heart, uh, willing to feel the pain of our own and other suffering, and at the same time, having the wisdom of emptiness, the wisdom of knowing nothing is fixed, nothing's solid, everything's in process, gives us an equanimity to be with the unfolding and know it's not the ultimate reality. So having that space of awareness and love in which each moment is arising and passing away. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.